I'll be honest with you, this is uh, my third time redoing this episode. Uh, I would have to redo it after literally 10 seconds of doing this because I've, I've realized I haven't been doing this for a long time. I took a break for obvious reasons, right? I'm now a father. And uh, yeah, it'd be kind of weird if I would focus a little bit more on my podcast than my own fucking son. So anyways, with all that being said, um, I felt awkward starting podcasting again, to be very honest with you. I was on a roll at one point. I took a, little, took a break. Now here I am sitting on the balcony of my buddy's cottage looking at the sun sunrise while my wife is passed out in bed and Landon is in his crib. Family's doing well. Uh, we got to the cottage safely. And I'm just, uh, for once, <laughs> for once in this, ever since he was born, I had a moment to myself. So I'm just out here sitting on the patio reflecting on just what the fuck just happened to me in the last 30 days. And uh, I'm not crying. I promise you I'm not crying. It's just I'm tired, obviously. And I made it a, uh, made it a priority to wake up. I knew I was going to wake up early to fucking tend to Landon, but uh, I found out that the sunrise starts at 5, 5.11. So uh, here I am, 4.40 in the morning, uh, sitting out here, making sure I'm up for it. And uh, that is something that uh, I never took for granted, but that is something that you tend to lose, especially when you're when uh, you have a child, is uh, moments to yourself. Um, I'm not here to talk about how to have moments for yourself. Uh, like uh, This isn't about that. I just literally just sat here. And as I'm reflecting about what the fuck just happened in my life these past 30 days and how I'm never going to live the same life that I lived uh, before... London was born. I figured I could capture all this on a podcast or just voice my thoughts, which is basically what I'm doing. This whole point that's the whole point of my podcast, right? I just voice my thoughts, voice my opinions, and I uh I voice my 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 knowledge, my wisdom in the fitness industry. And um anyways, so uh might as well take the opportunity to tell you guys how everything happened from a dad's perspective because I realized uh, there was a lot of shit that happened in the hospital that uh, I was uh, falsely informed on. I don't want to say yeah I guess I could say falsely informed but anyways point is like obviously it's it's my responsibility as a male as a man as a human you know to do your own fucking research but uh, anyways this is some of the shit that happened, uh, <laughs> uh, you were told this would happen, but in reality, it was like way more. It was like way more than what you've been told. And the first thing I got to say is uh, water breaking. So, uh, men, uh, obviously, this does not happen to us, but it does happen when, you know, when, oh my God, my water broke. And then that's when you know shit's about to go down. Uh, so 
from what I saw in movies was, you know, the water breaks and everyone's so happy, like, oh my God, let's just go to the hospital and whatever. Yo, bro, my my wife, so how it happened was, uh, I don't know how long she was uh, pregnant for. Obviously, I don't keep up with that shit. My wife would tell would tell you guys, but I'm definitely not waking her ass up. Um, she, uh, uh, her water didn't break, but then my mom and my mother-in-law told her to drink, uh, take a shot, excuse me, take a shot of castor oil. And then within 10 hours of taking castor oil, uh, her water broke. Men, future dads out there, I would tell you, that water breaks, that shit is leaking like you have no fucking idea. Like it's a waterfall. And I uh, went all over my floor. Got like vagina juice or whatever juice is coming from that area all over the floor. So like obviously I'm not mad or anything. But it's like it, that was the first realization. It's like hey it's not like we see in the movie where it just pops, water break, water leaks and it eventually stops. Bro this shit wouldn't fucking stop. So here I am, we're just watching TikToks before bed, and uh, fucking shit breaks, or pops, or whatever the fuck you call it. Anyways, so, uh, <laughs> so this is another thing, so we, we pack up, everything's packed, right? We're all ready to go, we're in the car, and, um, you know, as a dad, you know, we have our own, uh, we have our own vision of how you would want things to pan out. So here I go. I got my little playlist ready. Like I'm feeling fucking sentimental. You know what I mean? Like, yo, my, 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 and at this point, keep in mind guys, we had, we had no idea what the sex was. So it's like, in my head, it's like, I hope I get my little baby boy. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm, I'm cheesy like that. So here I am. We're all on our way to LaSalle, which is like, we have a good 15 minutes away, 15, 20 minutes away. And Morgan's, Morgan's doing fine. And we're all excited. We're like, like all giggity, giggity and shit. And uh, we get in the car. I play some music. And then little contractions start to come up. And that's when Morgan's like, yo, shut that fucking shit music off. So I was like, whoa, okay. Okay, yes, uh. So anything, basically what I'm trying to tell you guys is if you guys have your own little, uh, little vision on how the car ride to the hospital is going to go, you throw that shit out the fucking window. It ain't going to go like that. I'm t- telling you right now. As, as soon as your wife uh, gets those contractions, yeah, that shit's out the fucking window. Like, ain't, ain't no music. Ain't, ain't no music happening, bro. <laughs> okay. So uh, let me just tell you that now. Anyways, so we, we get to the hospital. And anyways, uh, for those who live in the... Montreal area, South Shore area, uh, LaSalle Hospital. Obviously, I'm going to say that's the best hospital because we went there. But fun fact, uh, it's actually considered one of the best in Quebec for, um, for, uh, for with the, uh, maternity or something for, with children, like uh, the nursing, uh, like uh, for deliveries. Uh, I had no idea because, you know, LaSalle is kind of not really the nicest area in the world but um so yeah anyway so we get there and 
bro, it was, it's like as if the whole hospital was closed. No one, and I mean no one, was there. And that's another thing I expect. You know, like we get into the hospital, her water broke, and then her nurses go and they take her wheelchair there and they stroll her in while dad's picking everything out from the car and going into the room. No, didn't go like that. There was literally fucking no one except the security guard who was half asleep, gave us a mask, and we, I pushed her to wherever the fuck we had to go. And like I said, there was a... It was, re- it was really scary just walking into... I don't know if you guys ever walked into a fucking hospital and no one was there. It was actually very scary. Um... But anyways, so we get there, and it was super calm, super relaxed. Everyone there is like, they don't look like they're fucking high on speed or cocaine, which is always a plus. Because um, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Anyways, uh, uh, so we get there, we check in, we'll check in, like as if we're in a fucking hotel. But anyways, we, we I'm still having a hard time with this language, right? Um... And then we go into this waiting room and we were told by her doctor that we would get a nice private room and all that stuff. So we're there and we're like, yo, shit, like, <laughs> where's this room at? You know, we were, and th- at this point, like the contractions have hit and my redheaded wife ended up being, becoming a redheaded monster. Just joking. She was honestly a fucking champ, but, um, this is another thing that, uh, I, thought I would be able to handle well was these contractions. Like obviously hand like I didn't feel shit, but um I hated, 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 fucking hated. Uh I hated seeing Morgan go through that. It did not look fun, you know? Um and it's like the pain was so bad for Morgan, Morgan's not one to express much. Like she's, keep in mind for those who know her or see her on on my Instagram, like she's great, right? But uh, when it comes to pain, uh, my wife's a champ. She doesn't like to show it. Uh, like every girl or every guy, like if it hurts, it fucking hurts, right? But um, I don't know. Throughout this whole pregnancy, she just fucking. Like, and we were very blessed, right? Um, Morgan was very blessed. Uh, Morgan didn't have any bad uh, moments throughout the pregnancy. Nothing whatsoever. She worked out till the very end, uh, ate whatever she wanted, barely gained any weight. Well, she gained, like, weight, obviously. It wouldn't be normal if she didn't. But um, just pinpoint on everything. And uh, then the contractions hit and then shit hit the fan and I wasn't used to that. You know, you're not used to seeing your wife or your significant other in so much fucking pain. And as a man, especially for me, um, I don't know, I'm, I, 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 like to, uh, I like to take care of her, obviously. You know what I mean? I want to make sure she's okay. I want to make sure she's safe. I want to make sure that, um, you know, her husband, her man, her partner uh, has got her through everything. I'm not crying, I swear to God, it's just, it's a little cold up here, the sun's coming out, it's gorgeous right now, um, 
so yeah, it, it really hurt me. So we're in this waiting room and I'm holding her hand and uh, the epidural didn't come yet. Obviously, we just checked in. This is like the first hour or whatever. And um, we're still in the waiting room. And nurses came by, they strapped her up, they changed into the gown, all that stuff. They made a fucking, they had a jet bathtub. Like, this bathtub, like, I want this bathtub in my house. It was like this hyper jet fucking bathtub. And I was, uh, Morgan made it a priority to take a dump uh, before anything happens. However, when her water broke, all that stuff, obviously she didn't feel like taking a dump. Now her contraction started and she got to take the shits. So she made it. A pri- this girl is a fucking tank. She's like, I got to take a shit. So she made it a priority to take a shit before she starts pushing. Because apparently, I had no fucking idea about this. Women shit themselves while, taking, while pushing babies out. And if that would have fucking happened to her. <laughs> anyway, we're not there yet, but we're, we're getting there. But I had no fucking idea, which I thought was fucking gross. So hats off to my wife for literally taking that uh, uh, intra-contractions uh, dump, mid-contraction dump before the real deal happened. So anyway, she takes her dump, whatever, and uh, we go into the bathtub. And uh, the jets were on, bubbles were uh, going, fucking soap. We're just chilling in there. Well, she's chilling there. I'm just sitting and um, talking. And we're just like, you know, in the words of Paul Rudd, like, look at us. Like, you know, who would have thought? All these months flew by. We're literally, Morgan's lying there naked. Contractions with the jets fucking flowing through her. In a hospital. And we're just reflecting on just how fast life goes by, man. And we held each other's hand. And we were laughing. And we're just like, who would have thought? Look at us. You know? And so that was a beautiful moment. Uh, We definitely made sure. I made sure. uh, Contractions or not. I made sure to uh, capture these moments. And kind of like. It's easier said than done. It's easier for me to do this, right? But to kind of like press pause and just like, just tell her how much I was proud of her, how much I love her. And these are the last moments of us being alone without our child. So anyways, fast forward, uh, everything goes smoothly. Well, the contractions are still there and the contractions are getting worse. And uh, fast forward, like maybe another hour and uh, this nurse, Amelie, uh, Amelie, you're obviously not listening to this, but I just want to let everyone know this woman, Amelie, man, keep in mind, guys, this is like, we got to the hospital at like, I think 11 o'clock at night. And uh, these nurses, man, are working endlessly. Like so, this girl was doing a fucking double shift and she came in with this bubbly attitude, smiling uh, super motivated, super positive, asking all these questions, making sure that we're okay. How's mom doing? Like just reassuring as shit. And I don't know, you just in a hospital, 
especially growing up and especially at that time of like I've trained my fair share of doctors and I've been told some wicked fucking stories about some doctors and nurses at like the, the you know, the, the crappy hours of the night. So that was something that was very, uh, we were very nervous about. But man, this nurse comes in and just rocks our world. And uh, contractions were hitting and this girl just gets up on the bed, pressure point, like fucking rolls up her sleeve, one leg on the bed, the other leg on the floor. And as soon as contractions hit, fucking pressure pointing Morgan's back. Uh, I was like, and it, it, it. It showed there was a huge improvement in terms of uh, the diminish, the the pain uh, diminishment diminishing. Sorry, I'm exhausted, but um, the decrease in pain was just through the roof. Like the service was a one, um, and she was with us the whole time. Uh, she was talking to Morgan more, and th- now we're in the we're in our private room with a nice bed. Uh, Morgan is not fucking having it. Like, this is where shit hits the fucking fan. And this is where, like, I'm completely useless until, uh, uh, Amelie convinced Morgan that she had to sit up, sit up against me, and, uh, to just stay there because the epidural was coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about this fucking epidural, bro. Um, Men. I have tattoos, right? So I'm not afraid of needles. Uh, I've had my fair share of blood tests and all that stuff. And I'm never one to, um, like needles don't scare me. You know what I mean? Um, so, so Emily sits Morgan up and now, uh, Morgan is, uh, sitting up on, on the bed. Her legs are off the bed and she's leaning. Her upper body's leaning up against me. And I was sitting on a stool and I had to sit up upright. I had to sit upright, you know, solid frame because Morgan's weight is on me. And like I said, we are getting ready. Well, she is getting ready for the epidural because, you know, the epidural is uh, you get it shot into your uh, your CNS, right? And in order for us to get ready for that, Morgan had to stand, sit up and all that stuff. And uh, anyways, so um, turns out there was only one fucking... Uh, anesthesiologist in the hospital. Mind you, there was literally no one in the fucking hospital. Literally no one in the fucking hospital except the nurses and uh, some uh, some other uh, patients who just had their baby and they're resting and recuperating in their private rooms as they should be. Uh, I forgot to take off my glasses. So here I have my, my wife's uh, breasts in my face. And Amelie at this point is in back of Morgan pressure point both feet on the fucking bed putting all of her fucking weight on these pressure points as soon as contractions were hitting and she's telling me like don't you fucking move you know what i mean like and i felt so much pressure not to move and you don't want to move you know as soon as the like for once all the contractions have started and now bam dad you are now you can now help your wife basically don't fucking move <laughs> I'm agity. Like I like uh, like you can't I, I can't not move. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyways, and my glasses Sorry, my throat is itchy. My glasses that I need and they were quite expensive um were like all 
fucked up on my face. So how it happened was like everything just happened real quick, and all of a sudden, one thing one thing led to another, and my face is in my wife's breast. Like I couldn't fucking breathe. It's like the motorboat of all motorboats, but like you ain't getting out of this motorboat. So I couldn't breathe, and I didn't want to show Morgan that I was weak. Or like, hey, can you just, can you just, like, imagine asking, uh, there's no way I could ask my wife, hey, babe, can you just move a little? Like, I'm uncomfortable. There's no fucking way. So I just shut the fuck up and I just, like, I did what I had to do. Anyways, point is, uh, she was fucking driving her nails in my back. Like, bro, like, you, if you saw my back, it's like as if I had sex with the exorcist. Like, fucking scratches all kinds. I didn't give a fuck. I was there for my wife. I managed to put my glasses away. Took my glasses off. Because Amelie saw me and she, she saw like... <laughs> I was all fucked. I was all kinds of fucked up. Like I was trapping those titties, man. Shit. Ain't no joke. Anyways. um, So she's on me now for like the last 30 minutes. But the reason why it's been so long is because we assumed, or Emily had the assumption that the anesthesiologist was on his, was on his way. And um, obviously something happened. And turns out there was another woman in the hospital who just came in and it was an emergency C-section. And so Morgan was cussing up a storm. Like Morgan couldn't give no fucks about anyone else in that fucking hospital. And I don't fucking blame her, you know. And that was another thing. I was like, until that point, I was very patient. I was very quiet. I was very supportive, at least to my understanding, to my knowledge. Right? And to what Morgan was saying and to what the nurse was saying to me. He's like, you're doing great, dad. Keep it up, dad. You're doing great. Just don't fucking move. But then when I found out that this anesthesiologist was not coming, uh, that's when I had a little bit of a doubt. And, uh, and I had a little bit of a sense of realization that, yo, this, my wife is going to be doing this without the epidural. Because now this is like three hours in where contractions were hit, were, has, has begun. And, uh, Morgan was through, was going through, like this, she was put through the ringer, man, and Morgan was like, no, 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 and she started crying hysterically, like, this is it, like, my, kind of like my life's over, like, I'm pushing this kid out with no, with no epidural, Morgan was like, I had, I, I, I had nightmares about this, I knew this was gonna happen, and that's when I kind of popped off a bit, and I kind of like raised my voice, I'm like, yo, where the fuck's the epidural, man? I just kind of said that, and I didn't scare anybody, but, like, um, it's really hard, men, like, at one point, your priority is just, is to just stay calm and be there for your wife, right? But, um, this, these contractions... And I'm not trying to scare anybody. And women, like, I know you know, you know what to fucking expect. Ish. You know what I mean? Like, the pain, like, anyways, I'll let Morgan explain her situation. I'm not waking her ass up. But, like, we're going to jump on another podcast where maybe she could talk about her experience. Um, like I said, I'm just talking about my experience from a dad's point of view. But men, um, there's a certain point where, like, you know, you're patient enough you, you've been patient enough. You've been, uh, 
uh, supportive. And then as soon as you find out that this one fucking thing that we are desperate to get and we are dependent on, that shit ain't coming, you pop off. And I popped off. Obviously, I didn't pop off like flipping shit and all that stuff. I just, um, it gets to you. It breaks you. It breaks everybody. And I saw on the nurse's face, she's like, fuck. So anyways, um, but she was so bubbly and so positive. She's like, oh, he's just going to be right back. And then Morgan's like, listen, bitch. Like, we know what a C-section is. It's like, this isn't like a five-minute thing. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, 45 minutes later, this fucking guy comes in and it's this... Little innocent Indian guy, super funny guy, comes in. Good morning, everyone. As if it's like he's walking into a fucking picnic. You know what I mean? Anyways, I, I, I started laughing, but I had to stop real quick because at this point, more it's now been an hour and a half that I have not moved. And Morgan's on me. I think it was an hour and a half. Anyways. So he fucking, he's like, hey, here we go. And this, man, this is the whole needle thing, bro. This guy whips out this fucking needle as if it was a sword. Like, sling. This thing was fucking ginormous. And my wife is not a fan of needles. But luckily, he pulled this shit out in back of her. But I saw this. Fuck, I almost fainted. Anyways, he shoots her up. Life is beautiful. Epidural hit. Morgan is in a much better mood. She's stabilized. Everything. Mom and dad. Well, soon to be mom and dad get some sleep. All of a sudden, around 4, uh, 4, 10, 4 o'clock, 4.15, uh, we start to get ready for the push. And then, men, this is the most important uh, piece of information that I have to stress on. Um, men, if your wife is not giving a C-section, okay, you are seeing everything. Whether, obviously, if you're, lo- if you're looking on the downside, if you're on, like on the vagina part of her body, yeah, no shit, you're going to see everything. But here's the thing. I was on her head side. Like throughout this whole pregnancy, I said, I'm going to be awake for this. I want to stay up for this, obviously. I want to be right by Morgan's side, holding her hands, stroking her hair, whatever the fuck, uh, because I assumed there was going to be a fucking blanket that separates the upper and lower body. And so here I am. I'm at that. We're about, we're getting ready. We're getting ready for the push, guys. So the doctor comes in with the nurse. And here I am stroking my wife's hair, holding her hand, the whole cheesy shit. And all of a sudden, like this, I realize like there's no fucking blanket. And I'm like, hey, the blanket, you know, the blanket's coming. Like shit, like whatever. There has to be another nurse, like a a nurse who takes care of the blankets. Like, I don't know, blanket duty. I don't fucking know. And the doctor's rolling up her gown. It's going up her leg. And it's like, okay, like shit. Like she could see with a, she could see with. The, like what she has now like, She could stop And the gown rolls up to her knees I'm like yo this bitch better fucking Like I don't want to And this My wife's vagina is 10 centimeters dilated In other words men It's a fucking huge vagina 
right? She's getting ready to push. I didn't see it at this point. And then this fucking bitch fucking rolls up the gown and just fucking pushes it, or throws it on Morgan's stomach. So now I'm in a, like a, I'm standing up and I see like an inclined vision of my wife's vagina. And I just so happen to catch a good chunk of this 10 centimeters dilated vagina. And that's when my knees buckled. I'm like, I've never passed out in my life. In my life, I've never ever felt like, you know, stage fright or, you know, like the, like I got nervous and anxious before, but this was a whole other feeling. So my knees buckle and I'm like, oh shit. And Morgan doesn't see her vagina, right? Because her stomach's in the way. But I'm tall. Well, I'm tall. Like, I'm standing up. I, I see this shit. And no one is addressing anything. Like, no one even is asking me, like, hey, Dad, like, how are you? Like, this is all fucking normal. Right? Shit ain't normal to me, bro. Like, I've seen vaginas in my day. Like, I've never seen a fucking 10 centimeter dilated vagina. So that shit was fucking hard for me. So, yeah, here I am. My knees buckle. My blood feels like it's boiling hot. And I feel it from my toes all the way up my body. It was such a weird feeling. And then I just started hearing, like, the sound sounded so good like this. Like, it was fucking weird. So, me, as a guy who can't shut the fuck up, I definitely did not want to be that guy who passes out. While Morgan is pushing. At this point, it's just the doctor and us. The nurse left. And so, here I am. I voice my concern. I say, hey guys. And I tell Morgan, hey babe. I'm just going to go sit down for a quick second. I'm not feeling too good. And so, I'm, I have both hands on the table. On the bed. Morgan's like, hey babe, are you okay? The doctor's like, Justin, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no. I'm super good. I'm just going to lay my head Right here for a quick second, because at this point, I, I felt like the wind knock, was knocked out of me. I just wanted to rest my head. Literally just rest my head for like 10 seconds. And that's, I don't remember anything else. I don't remember anything else. Next thing I know, I wake up. I'm sitting up, up, up against the wall. I'm on the floor. And there's like three freezing towels on my, on my head. And uh, there was like five nurses in the room plus a doctor. And everyone's laughing. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And Morgan's laughing, which is good news. And Morgan's like, babe, uh, you passed out on me. So let me repeat myself. Uh, I apparently passed out on my wife's breasts. I, when I said I laid my head down, I literally just passed out my face on her breast. And I just passed out like that. I didn't fall back, thank God. I could have gotten much. I got. I couldn't gotten. I couldn't gotten very hurt. But I, my head, passed out on my wife's breast, and apparently the doctor, because she was tending to the fucking the vagina and the baby and all that shit. The baby was not born. The baby's still in there. But the doctor apparently told Morgan to pull the emergency cord. Pull the emergency cord. So here she is, poor Morgan, man. She got, she was pushing. And she had to look for this fucking... Em- it's like, you know when you're trying to get your seatbelt on from your... On the same... You know, like, try getting your seatbelt, pulling your seatbelt on the same arm where the seatbelt is on. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, like a... Like scapular retraction. I don't want to... Anyways, 
You guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you, but it, it's that awkward position. So like she apparently she had to like pull with her opposite arm and twist, pulled it. Anyways, uh, nurses came real quick, um, and I passed out. And I made a little video, and I made the announcement on my Instagram. And I actually had like, I think I got like maybe 90 messages from people. I would say a good 70 of them were all men saying, dude, I had no fucking idea. Thank you so much for warning me. I thought there was going to be a blanket that separates the upper and the, bo- and the lower. So that was this whole story about the whole uh, Justin passing out. Uh, all this to say, the reason why I passed out, men, please beware. You have to understand this. Ladies, if you are listening to this plea and you are pregnant, you need to tell your husband, boyfriend, partner, whatever, or girlfriend, wife, whatever, that there is no blanket that separates the upper and lower if you are not having a cesarean. I, you have to spread the word. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so I'm sitting down getting my act together and my wife is pushing. And, uh, so now that this vagina is literally smacking my fucking face and it's so big, you can't really avoid it. (laughs) Uh, I gathered up the, the strength to stand by my wife and I saw this kid come out and this fucking kid came out. Uh, 4.50 a.m. May 1st, uh, weighing in, I think it was 8 pounds, 10 ounces. Uh, and the doctor put him, and it's not like in the, the movies where it's like, oh, it's a boy or it's a girl. The doctor, man, so thoughtful. She put the baby on Morgan, and she was like, give, it, give, it, give the baby a feel, pat, pat around, and she felt the penis. And uh, we got ourselves our, our baby boy, Landon Ray Blackburn. And it was the... It was uh, life-changing, man. It was fucking life-changing. Um, and right there and then, uh, that's when uh, the... Like... Everyone says, like, how does it feel to be a dad? How does it feel, to be honest with you? Like, and I don't want to sound cheesy saying, like, oh, you can't, you can't describe it. But the best, way, the best way I can describe it is um, everything you do now for the rest of your life, uh, going to work, going for groceries, uh, breathing, Walking, talking, every single thing you do, uh, you are now doing it for a much bigger purpose. And that's all I could say. And just that alone makes you feel alive. And it makes you feel like everything that you do, that you used to do and you would take for granted, you would do you would do it, but like more and more and more enriched with more intention, with more love, more care, more passion. Um, that's the best way I could I could describe what it's like to be a father. And. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, he was born 
uh, the fucking guy ended up swallowing a lot of liquid. So he was breathing more with his... Uh, he was breathing more with his abdomen or more with his lung. Like he was, he was, it was taking a lot for his lungs to like work. So, uh, it's called pulmonary hypertension. Don't ask me to repeat or uh, to explain the definition, but it sounds intense, but basically he had to get, uh, go to the NICU because of, uh, because of this. And, uh, he wasn't able to breathe, uh, properly on his own like he was able to breathe but like he needed a little bit more assistance because his lungs weren't able to do um, a good enough job right now because of the fact that he swallowed a fuck ton of liquid and this is where everything changed not changed but this is where you know you you think as soon as you give birth you have the kid the kid goes away gets taken care of washed up and then you bring him bring him back and all that and uh you leave the next day or the day after uh but it wasn't like that i uh, he i had to go with landon to the nicu um the it was like the nursing intensive care unit i think it's called and this is where my love for nurses just my love and my gratitude for this country and this healthcare system went on is on a whole other spectrum, man. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we ended up being there. I only I, I don't want to talk too much, but uh, we ended up being there for six days. Okay, I'm just gonna general. I'm just gonna paraphrase everything. We ended up staying there for six days, and this whole image, like my wife just pushed out her son, and uh, my poor wife couldn't even. She held them for like maybe like a minute, you know, and then we uh, he had to get rushed to the NICU. <clears throat> and so this is another thing, guys, that you you, you imagine, right? As soon as a, your wife gives birth, um, you hold him or her and then everything's okay and you get to hold him after. My wife couldn't get that um, moment. Unfortunately, uh and he was perfectly fine, but it's just like, you know, you, you expect that to happen. So unfortunately, my wife had to rest up and I had to play messenger going back and forth. And it was, uh, it was just, a, I didn't know how to explain it. It was just, it, it was what it was. And Morgan had to get up and walk to the NICU and see Landon. And that's when the emotion started to hit. And that's when, you know, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with my son? What the fuck is wrong with our kid? Why is he here? This and that. All these negative uh, questions, which are super normal to have, by the way. Um, they come flooding in. And uh, these nurses, man, holy fuck. Uh, I want to give a personal shout out to Jen Sinical. Um she was the nurse. So this nurse, uh, Jen, uh, I think we went to college together and high school. But obviously, I had no idea who she was. Uh, and I, I admitted this, but she uh, follows me on Instagram and she's noticed how fucking stupid I am on Instagram with my Costco Rico shit. So as soon as I went to... As soon as I got... I, I, was, in, I was in the NICU with Landon, she noticed me right away. And she kind of like took us under her wing. Not just her, every single, every single one of her colleagues took us under her wing. 
their wing and just treated Landon like a, the fucking prince that he is, treated us like royalty. Like we were, we had no, no sense of any doubt, no feeling of any doubt that he wasn't in the right hands. So anyways, um, I only got, to, I'm, I'm going to try and summarize this within uh, an hour. I'm so sorry, guys. Just, it's a lot to, it's a lot to debrief. So anyways, six days go by and we were living in the hospital. And first off, LaSalle Hospital, man, great place. The rooms are spacious. Obviously, it's not the fucking, it's not like no quality in or the fucking, you know, the Ritz. But uh, we made it like the Ritz. Um, but this is where I want to talk a little bit about, uh, our experience, obviously throughout this time. Um, it was shit. Don't get me wrong. It was fucking shit. I documented almost everything, right? Because, uh, but it was like a, it was a curse, but a blessing at the same time. So here we are, we're in the hospital with my fucking kid being his lungs all whatever. And Morgan and I. Morgan didn't give zero fuck. Well, she obviously cared, but she just wanted to get the fuck out. She just wanted to get the fuck out with our with our kid and just become this family that we so we were waiting so long to be. And this is where I started realizing that uh, we don't know fucking shit. We don't know how to do anything. So I started asking, I told Morgan, I'm like, baby, we're in a situation where we are now, we could learn so much from these nurses and these nurses, like, it's not like we didn't want to hold them or anything like that. Of course we held them and shit, but like these nurses taught us everything, showed us everything. We, sh- we found out, we learned how to take, how to give him a bath, how to hold him, how to transfer him. And we had all this with wires, right? So it was, it was even harder. It was just as difficult and as frustrating as this was. Um, it was a blessing because they taught us how to do everything. Also, another thing that really uh, hit us was this whole breastfeeding issue. Now, ladies, this may be sensitive to you guys, but my wife does not breastfeed. And this is another thing, men, that we assume that, that is normal, right? Women, all moms have to breastfeed. Turns out my kid don't like the titty, which is kind of obviously he doesn't look after his dad because his dad loved the titties. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, he doesn't like the uh, the nipple, and so uh, we we feed him formula, which is really cool because uh, dad, uh, you are now uh, you can now help. Right when women breastfeed, this is the nur- the nurses told us this. It's a different way of looking at it, like. The nurses say, like, you know, moms love to breastfeed. All moms want to breastfeed at first. But as soon as they find out that formula does the job and they found they find out that the dads could help out, that moves mountains. And that's our situation, right? And uh, so uh, we do that. And uh, a couple of women were, he- not the nurses, but a couple of uh, the girls and on social media were hesitant on that. And if that's your opinion, well, fuck off. You're, in total, you're entitled to your opinion, but that's just the way we are. And uh, more, it hit Morgan kind of hard at first because, like, you know, the whole fucking, the image of being a mother is breastfeeding. Well, it's not like that, man. Fuck that. It's 2022, bro. You know, you do you, girls. So anyways... 
Um, it's just this whole time staying at this hospital, uh, it made us become, it made our, it shifted our minds and the way we look at life so differently to the point where every single moment of the day could be drastically different. And regardless of what happens, we have to make the best out of it. And I'll give you an example. Um, one morning, Landon, like morning, uh, Landon had good mornings. And we woke up feeling fantastic. And then we would go and get Starbucks or Tim Hortons. We had to get out of the fucking hospital, right? We had to find a routine. And then we would come back and then we found out that more uh, Landon had a little bit of a, a setback. And that crushed us. Crushed us. And uh, it was, like was kind of like that yo-yo the, for the first day and a half, one to two days. And I told myself and I told Morgan, it's like, hey, we cannot live like this, sweetheart. Like, we have to believe in our son. It's not like he was dying. He was not dying. God forbid he was not dying. You know what I mean? But it's just like, we just, we were so focused on the end result, which is to get the fuck out of this hospital. But then we realized it's like, we got to make the best out of this. We are surrounded by professionals who, who take care of children, babies for a living. If Landon isn't doing well at this very moment, then we should just look at it differently and realize that we are in a situation where we could learn so much. And that's exactly what we did. It took time for us to do, but um, uh, it was just at one point we started to accept the things we have no control over. So if Landon wanted to be a piece of shit and be like, hey, mom, fuck you. Hey, dad, fuck you. Here I go and like, have like complications. That's what he wanted to fucking do. We had no control over that. But we definitely took advantage of that. And you know just. Read to him. And um, in the meantime. Mom and dad. We learned a lot about ourselves. Ourselves as, indiv as individuals. And this is I guess where the point where I want to try and hit home. Um. I've known my wife my whole life, to be honest with you. I've known her since elementary, but obviously I've been with her for a little bit over six years. Our wedding anniversary, our first wedding anniversary is July 10th coming up. And, uh, you know, you think we, you've been through everything together, right? Um, try having a kid who's been in the hospital for six days. And I'm not trying, and there's some listeners right now listening, and I've had some, I've had some mothers share their story about how they lost their child. You know, I've had mothers open up to me talking about how they lost their child in this fucking hospital and how these nurses did everything they can. And I had, listen, I had, I had mothers talk about uh, how their kids went through cancer and all that stuff. So when I say, when I talk about my issues on this episode, I don't ever, ever, ever want to come off saying that what I went through was the hardest thing ever. You guys all, know, you parents know what I'm talking about. 
I don't ever want to sound like this is like, oh my God, look at us. Look at what we've been through. No, it's just what I'm just trying to emphasize on is the emotions that go, that, that come with it. Whether he has a cold or whether he has cancer, right? Knock on wood. Us parents, we think of it like that. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? You know what I mean? And we, we tend to think of it in an extreme sense. Anyways, um, so all that being said, it, it, we learned a lot about each other. And I don't even think we've ever argued which is ironic. It's not that we argue all the time, but yeah, like newsflash as great and as fun and as funny as we are, we do argue. We argue all the fucking time, right? It's normal. Was this a place to argue? Of course, right? But this also was a time in our lives where we needed each other more than ever before. My wife needed me and my wife and I needed my wife. And so the power of communication is so fucking important. Especially, it's so fucking important, period. But um, it was like I was the yin, she was the yang. My wife wanted to leave the hospital. I told my wife to just, hey, today is going to be a good day, no matter what happens. If Lana decides to be a little fucker and have a little uh, mix up, that's okay. We are going to capitalize on that on that fuck up. We're going to capitalize on that. We're going to ask why. We're going to, we're going to, we are going to, it will give us another opportunity for us to get to know each other a lot more and to us to know Landon a lot more. So the power of communication was, is so incredibly important. And not just for parents, but like in, in all aspects of life. Um, and if you guys, if I'm not trying, I ain't judging any of you guys as couples, whatever, but if you guys feel like your communication lacks, then maybe, it just maybe you need to have a kid to make you realize that, yo, we can't work like this anymore. We have to step up our game. And that's exactly what Landon made us do. We stepped up our game. Our communication skills were on point, right? Obviously, we scream and shout at each other sometimes, but you guys know what I mean. Um, we just worked together to the point where like she, I had her, I put her on my back when, when I, when she needed me to do that. And she put me on her back when I needed her to do that. And it was just a beautiful six days. As ironic as this sounds, it was just so beautiful. And the power of, the power of prioritizing structure. I want to just finish off on this. Um, our whole lives were flipped upside down, right? And uh, we, Morgan did not want to leave the hospital. And neither did I. I wanted to stay. I remember I sat with Landon for God knows how long. Read him books. Spoke to him about my life. Spoke to him about, like, you know, his family and, like, you know, what life is and all that shit. Kind of give him the scoop. You know what I mean? And... um. Man, the power of stepping out and going for walks and stepping outside and breathing fresh air and being in touch and in the zone and being fucking present 
um, shit, even just going to fucking Tim Hortons or Starbucks and surfing the Wi-Fi. Uh, it moved mountains for us And it was like a breath of fresh air Really It was to the point where Morgan had mental breakdowns In fucking Starbucks Because it was just like It was so much at the hospital And there was only so much you could take in And um, That was something that we Took home Was structure And uh, you know I'm all, I've been on paternity for five weeks now This I'm, I'm about to start my last week uh, today is the start of my last week And it's just I can't As much as I loved my paternity I can't wait to go back to work Because that is 8 hours of my day Where it's structured And I could And I could integrate At least 1 hour After my day Where I could focus on myself Which is the gym I haven't worked out Literally in 8 weeks I haven't done anything And I feel it but one thing that has helped me tremendously mentally and physically was um, constructing uh, some sort of structure in your life. And for me, it was going on walks just for clarity. I would go for walks almost every morning by myself, either with my headphones or without electronics and just recap my day. Because once this kid comes, to, comes home... It's like, okay, what the fuck do I do? Everything's about him, which is obviously the, the, the priority, but you have to make sure you prioritize yourself. Obviously not all day, but the, we have to stop throw, putting ourselves last. And so whether that means just putting an hour of the uh, hour of the hour of your day for yourself, you need that. And matter of fact, Morgan and I prioritize that from the second we got home, Morgan's like as soon, like obviously the first week, first two weeks, we're going to do what we got to do. We got to overcome these hormones, overcome these stress. It's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to overcome this. But as soon as we feel like we're grounded and we're back to normal and like, you know, we feel sane. Uh, Morgan's going to start going to the gym uh, Twice a week And I'm going to You know Have an hour with my friends Or you know Have an hour uh, To go for walks And just Be to Just Be present with yourself And that was the biggest uh, That was the big Aside from communication This was the biggest thing uh, That has helped us become who we are And helped us uh, Continue to become who we are. And so with that being said, this is now uh, arguably the longest episode that I have made. Um, I just want to take the time to sincerely thank each and every single nurse that took the time to answer all of our questions, flood us with information, take care, taking care of my son, um, and taking care of all these other babies that go into the NICU and take care of all these other parents, these soon-to-be parents who go through these doors. Uh, you nurses literally do God's work. You nurses are angels from, from God. I know I'm going a little spiritual now, but you guys have no fucking idea. You know, I think you guys do. And I think that's what makes you guys do what you do so perfect you guys know how just how powerful your your services are 
Uh, I, I can't I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me, what you've done for my wife, what you've done for my family. And uh, I have Jen Senecal. Uh, we have a bond with you that is forever unbreakable. And uh, the fact that you you keep you, you keep us updated, you you ask us how he's doing. It's like you are an angel, and we love you so much, and we are forever grateful for you and all your colleagues at the LaSalle Hospital. Um, and for everybody else who is listening, who sent their congratulations and their warmest wishes, um, you guys are the reason why we love social media. Social media is a shitty place sometimes, but it's people like you who make social media, at least our experience with social media, so heartwarming and so amazing. And we love each and every single one of you. And we can't thank you enough for what you guys, for your words, for your wishes. Uh, it truly means the world. Um, and I'm sorry in advance if I post a lot of dad pictures or whatever. I try and make it as funny as possible. Uh, I'm not trying to be anyone that I'm not. This is who I am. So expect to see a lot of dad content out there. And um, so if I could sum it all up. Men, uh, there's no blanket that separates the lower and the upper body. So try not to pass out. Um, if ever you get weak and you wanna and you and you wanna try and be present, I suggest you go on TLC or YouTube, fucking dilated vaginas to kind of get used to that. <laughs> um, mom and dad, um, communication is the most important thing in a in a in a relationship. And if you are now, you guys, we are now bigger teammates than ever before. And in order for us, for, in order for this team to work like any other team, like, like in sports, communication is the cornerstone of every team. Communicate. And everything else will work by itself. Okay, don't be hard on yourselves. Take an hour or take five minutes of your day. For yourself, be present, focus on your breathing, and just hone in those emotions and listen to your body. All right, because this shit ain't no joke. Do not, and as a trainer, do not put yourself last. Okay, it's okay to do that from time to time, but as long as you always integrate at least five minutes for yourself every day. Just to be present with yourself. That moves mountains. So uh, it is now 5.35. The sun is out. Um, I'm going to go check on my wife. I'm actually going to fix myself a cup of coffee. And just uh, put down my electronics and be present right now with nature. As cheesy as that fucking sounded. Uh, once again, guys, thank you guys so much for your wishes and your words. Uh, we love you all. And um, from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, with that being said, guys, um, whether you're a mom or a dad or about to have a kid or want to have a kid or whatever, um, don't forget to keep it simple. Take it easy, guys.